Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's a cat over here, there's a cat over there, and the wrong one died, and the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and I'm very excited about today's guest. He is the founder and current artistic director of the New Line Theater in St. Louis. He has been working in musical theater since 1978 and has been directing musicals since 1981. He's written multiple books, music, and lyrics for nine musical and two plays. And his recent book is called The Theater Cats, which is a parody of T.S. Eliot's Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats, which is why he's here today. So welcome, Scott Miller, and thank you for joining me. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I am excited. I, I definitely I, I got cued to your book and bought it and read it and thoroughly enjoyed reading kind of a, a musical parody of, of cats, you know, of the poem of cats as yeah. somebody who's kind of spent a lot of time thinking about the story of cats. And so right. I'm excited to have you here. But before we get into the book and cats, I do, I want to hear, you have a really deep like background in theater. So tell me a little bit about like New Line Theater and your experience kind of writing and being in the, this world. Um, I, I literally have been in, been in love with musicals since before I can remember, like, really, <laughs> you know, like, I knew all the lyrics to My Fair Lady when I was, you know, four years old. Uh, and, and, uh, and my family had a lot of cast albums in the, in the family collection, you know, so I grew up with that stuff. And ha- I've always been in love with it. And so, you know, as soon as I could, I was in musicals in high school. And uh, senior year, uh, I wrote a musical for the first time, and we did it at the high school. Um, and so that kind of turned me from wanting to be an actor to being to wanting to be a director and writer um, and went off to college, kept doing it. Um, and um, then in the early 90s, I was working with a community theater back here after college, and I really wanted to get adventurous. And, and the musical theater itself was starting to get really adventurous. And so I broke off and started New Line. Um, and... Uh, it's primarily about doing shows that are a little less mainstream. Uh, you know, a lot of what we do has been on or off Broadway, but most of it failed on or off Broadway. So we're, we're doing the shows that aren't really commercial, but are brilliant and wonderful. Wow. So I actually was wondering, cause I looked at the history of your theater and you've not done cats and I was wondering, you know, no, this is, I guess maybe too mainline here. 
Well, and also it's it's like such a dance musical, you know, and, and we do musicals with dance, but we don't really do dance musicals. Um, you know, for me, it's it's all about content. It's all about story. So I, I, I enjoyed Cats the first time I saw it. It's, you know, I've gotten a little over it since then, but it's all, <laughs> and it's, but it's all, it's never been something I really wanted to work on, you know, as a director. Got it. Okay. So you're, and are you from, you're from St. Louis? You're from the yeah, St. Louis area yeah. growing up. Okay. Yeah. So you're like me, I'm from Indiana where, you know, we had a little bit coming through every year. I think you've got the Muni there's right. Like you got a right. big theater. Yeah. So when um, I was growing up, that was 11 shows a summer at the Muni. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We get yeah. Five, about five a year in Indiana. And so that yeah. was kind of always like what's rolling through. I think, you know, this past week when, when we're recording this pretty woman was on tour there. Yeah. Um, but you never know what's actually going to make it. And so I had actually, I'd never seen cats um, in the, however many times it stopped by, but so you're in high school. Okay. So you're high school and you kind of say, I'm going to, I want to be a director and a writer. And you started really kind of digging in and you took that through college. And then that's how the new line theater kind of came to about. Well, and, all, and also a little thing that was kind of cool. Um, I, I went to Harvard and I was up in Boston and there was this astonishing variety of used record stores. So my four years in college, I acquired like four or 500 cast albums. So I was wow. really kind of like teaching myself, you know, the literature of my art form kind of. So how many of those were cats? Did you have any? Uh, I did have the Broadway cats. Okay. So your original yeah. cast, okay. Yeah. Original Broadway and, cast album. And I have to say when I first started listening to it, I really liked it. Like some of the music is really unusual and kind of challenging. Like, you know, Skimble Shanks is in 13. That's really kind of fun for me as a musician. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and like I said, the first time I saw it, I thought it was really cool because I was up close and, you know, but yeah, so. <laughs> so where, where was that first, that first viewing? Like, where were you? When was it? Uh, I was in college and it was the first stop of the first national tour in Boston. Okay. So this is the tour. I think it'd technically be tour three is what they called it. Okay. Um, and cause they, they got weird names. They're on tour six now, but six was pre and post pandemic, um, in the, in the U S so tour three and you're in Boston. Okay. And so you're in college. Yeah. And what was that? What was that like? You, I know, you know, before we started, you said that there's, you know, everything is a little bit better experience if for, for cats. If you maybe were had an, an, uh, an enhancement before you go see the show, did you, did you partake in that before in college or did you go no, in col- sober? I was not yet a stoner. And, uh, so I saw it console stone cold sober. Uh, but one of the things was I, the seats we had were, were right on a, a cross aisle in the audience. And so the cats were coming right up to us, you know, when they were out in the house. And, you know, I was close enough to see that, that you know, amazing giant garbage on stage and everything, you know. Um, and so the experience, like, was really cool for me because I was relatively close. I was kind of in the experience, you know. Yeah. And so you, okay, so did you know that they were coming into the house? Because I didn't and it scared the living daylights out of me. I did not. No, okay. but what was also cool is, you know, we were fairly close up, but you could look behind you and see him crawling on the balcony railing and stuff, you know, that was cool. Yeah, I was not, I wasn't ready for that. I was at a matinee and I was not ready for them to be all around me. I was thankfully two seats in or three seats in, so I right. didn't get like completely green eye in my face, yeah. bombarded. 
but um but yeah i love that okay i was because it sounds like similar experience you kind of i was close it was pretty early on it was a preview of the broadway revival and i felt like i was mesmerized by the set and then the lights go down all of a sudden to my right is eyes flashing in my face and i was terrified and and the other thing um have have you seen that book uh, a cat's diary no it's one of the actors published this diary about working on the show and the thing that I thought was so wonderful about it was that the early rehearsals were all about acting. They were all about cat behavior. It was all improv, um, you know, being cats. How do cats interact? What happens when a stranger comes over? Like all those things about being cats, they took it really, really seriously. And and so I think early on, the show was a different show than it is now. <laughs> Yeah, I, it's it is kind of a wild like, the progression of it. And now that I've interviewed so many different cast members, I've also noticed everybody has a different take on their character, the story. Yeah. It's like it's very loose, yeah. which is I think some of the fun of it. Which I'm sure as a writer is also probably super fun for you to kind of go in and be able to take this. Like, there's a lot to work with here. Yeah, and you know, my idea for the book was part of what I love about cats is. It's not just talking about cats, right? It's talking about people too. And, oh, yeah. and, and so I thought that's really cool. And instead of a book of poems about the quirks of people, how about a book of poems about the quirks of theater people? Yeah. <laughs> you know, which is to me, of course, extra funny. Um, and the more I thought about it, the more I thought, yeah, that's, that's really, that'll work. And so I tried one as an as a experiment, see if I could do it. Um, and so I wrote, uh, Mermananiac, the Skrelty Cat. Um, and, and, and by the end of it, I was laughing at things I had written and I was like, yeah, I think I can do this. Yeah. I mean, they, they landed and especially I'll tell you what I, what I appreciate about it is when I, when I got it and I started reading it, I immediately was saying, oh no, I'm not a theater person. Right. Am I going to get most of this? Like how much of this is going to go over my head and how much right. of this is going to be there? And I got a lot of it. And so it's like, yeah, I'm not going to know the nuances of some of it that a, a theater lover is going to love. And there were some where I was just like, oh, this is still really clever. And this is great. So like I was going to say the ones that jumped out to me when I was reading it is the the triple threat, um, yeah. the, the director, the casting, like some of these things, as, especially as I've heard more about like the real life experiences of, of these actors it's like you, it seems like you nailed a couple of these super well and it's fun. So I like, I encourage anybody, well, you know, the link will be to, to get the book will be in the description here, but I, I encourage everyone to, to go read it. And like, especially if you're a theater person to, to pull out some of these like nuances, I'm sure there's going to be one or two. It's like, it's like the show one or two is like going to be like, oh man, that just absolutely nailed exactly my experience with this. And, and, you know, some of the poems are essentially a composite of, you know, lots of people I've worked with or known or whatever. A few of the poems are really about a single person and I will never tell who they are. Um, <laughs> but, but it's very funny to me because I read them and I think, oh my God, is that person going to recognize themselves? You know? Yeah. Have you been, have you been called out yet? Has anybody, no, anybody reached no, out to you? Okay. No. Although, I, you know, the, the ones that are really based on a specific person are the kind of less uh generous ones <laughs> so i'm not sure they want to recognize themselves yeah okay i i i know a couple that that might be there but i didn't i wasn't saying um here's who this is which and, and I, i'm i, I just want to say that i also have this kind of secret agenda underneath 
Um, you know, there, there's this amazing growing fan base for musical theater, for Broadway musicals that didn't used to be around. And I really want to like feed that fan base because I, I, I remember me being a high school musical theater freak, you know, and how awesome that was. And so part of the secret agenda here is also kind of to teach a little bit about making musicals. And so the first poem and the last poem are relatively serious. You know, the casting of cats and the directing of cats. And there are just little things every once in a while in the book that I'm just trying to get a point across about, you know, respecting musical theater and that kind of thing. So it's it's kind of underneath, but but it's there. I'm I'm curious which one of these was the most challenging to write. Like which one did you open up the book and say, Oh, this one's gonna be hard to parody on? Uh the one and, and I almost didn't do it. I almost left it out it's the the battle of the snackheads and whisker cats yeah <laughs> uh, yeah, it, yeah that it's hard that's a hard one to go in it's a hard one to kind of like follow in the in the musical as well um and it's a i, I thought your your version of it was super clever though well thank you it, it's a weird form it's weird rhyme scheme <laughs> it's yeah. long um, and it's, it's the only one where I really had to tell a narrative like that, that one has to be a story, not just a description of someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really struggled with it. I worked on it a really long time and, uh, and I kept thinking, well, that's okay. Like I could go with that, but I would like it to be better. So I kept tweaking. And so this is, I know you've written multiple books. Was this your first yeah. kind of foray into poems? Yes, sort of. Um, I've written two shows where I take a Gilbert and Sullivan score and write entirely new book lyrics to it. Um, so that was good practice for this, you know, because I had to stick to their rhythms and rhyme scheme and everything. Um, but this is the first time I ever did like straight. Actually, now that I say that, I, I wrote a collection of horror stories that are connected to musical theater. And one of those is a parody of the Raven. So that is the one other time that I actually attempted poetry and it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Yeah, What's what's hardest about it is making sure that you can only read it the way I want it to read, you know, to make sure the rhythm is not ambiguous at all, that you can't read it wrong and it's hard. Yeah, it's it's a you know it's a fairly it's a famous book too you know so, yeah. so taking taking some of that I I did a memory parody and even that was hard of like keeping some of the the lyrics that are focal points but also being able to right. to get enough across to 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 make the joke and every once in a while I wanted to leave a word or a phrase of Elliot's you know to to reference it to kind of, you know for, it's a fun little Easter egg kind of. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I'm curious with this watching, like having read this now and knowing that it's a little hard because there the musical doesn't actually have Grisabelle. The book's not Grisabelle's not in the book, isn't not in the original right. book. Right. If you were taking this book and turning your book into Cats Two, how <laughs> are you weaving how are you weaving that story together? Uh, wow, that's a really good question. I, 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 I guess I wouldn't do it all that differently. I mean, there, there's no real story, you know, it's a, it's a snapshot. It's community. Um, it's a character study, um, which usually doesn't hold your attention. Um, <laughs> but I guess, you know, all the weird, crazy stuff here, yeah, you know, helps hold, hold your attention. Totally. Okay. So if, if that's the case, then who 
in your book is going to be the Jellicle choice? Well, it's going to be the my parallel to Grizabella, which is Razzle Jazzy, the diva cat. Okay. And, and I think because okay. she, she's kind of pathetic, like I feel like she's got to. <laughs> yep. <We're> just, <laughs> totally. That's how I feel about Grizabella. I feel so sorry for her. Everybody's like making fun of her and shit, you know? Totally. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, we'll get into the Grisbell argument at the end here. We'll, you gotta you gotta sit tight there. I, I do want to hear a little bit more now about your, you know, how many? Like, I know you've seen the show, and you yeah. obviously tackled this. Like, what is your cat's level of fandom? Like, if someone asks you about the actual musical, do you go in and say like, pre this book was it a you know a, a show that you loved, hated, or was this just kind of like you saw a really strong vehicle? took a crack at it and and created this really amazing thing uh that's a good question i i think i would say i'm a huge fan of the broadway cast recording yeah. <laughs> okay and uh, and, uh, and uh, 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 medium fan of the show itself <laughs> medium fan you're that's I, you the, know, you're the only person in the middle i think if the if the if a production of the show really takes the acting seriously and really takes the cat behavior and the characters and all seriously i think it makes a much better show have you seen one that has i mean i've i've only seen my experience is the 1998 movie on an ipad <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> and 2016 revival twice Right. Uh, and that's really it. I mean, it's on tour now, but it's not anywhere near where I, I'm going to be able to see it. Right. I didn't know anything about it pre 2016 at all. Um, so my like my knowledge is limited, but everyone I've talked to, it's like everyone talks about Felinity School and their three words and all this, like the fact that they become cats. So I'm, I'm curious if you experience one and without maybe calling out the production where it didn't feel like it was taken as serious. Uh, I've, I've seen a couple of tours, you know, more recently, last 10 years or whatever, um, where, you know, the dancing is great and the singing is great, but they're, they're not they're not doing a show. They're doing a dance concert, you know? Okay. <laughs> uh, which is fine. You know, it's great songs. Because uh, I really do. I love the music. Um, and, yeah, I love the lyrics. T.S. Eliot, how can you go wrong? Um, but yeah, but it's, but it's a show that you can't, you can't, uh, disrespect it or it sucks. <laughs> Interesting. I, I, so I, I mean, I'm going to ask you when we hang up, uh, uh when we stop recording, cause I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. Cause I've probably talked to somebody in the show that you saw. Um, but I'm very curious now, which ones you thought kind of mailed it in. Um, but I, you're the first person I've ever met ever since I've been doing this now for two and a half years that is in the middle of the road. Everyone is love or hate. There's no, it's like, it's either the, it's your favorite show and you are a super fan and it's like a part of your growing up in aura, or you think it's the dumbest thing you've ever seen and you hated every minute of it and you can't explain why I've yet to find anybody to explain why it's just, this is like not their cup of tea and that's it. You're the first one that's kind of gone in the middle. Well, you know, the first time I heard it, it's probably like, you know, 81, 82, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I was thrilled by it. I mean, you know, I was already a huge fan of Jesus Christ Superstar in Evita. Um, I, I like Joseph. I don't think it's amazing, but I like it a lot. It's very clever. Um, and so, yeah, I was I was ready to like Cats, and, and I loved the recording. And I think under ideal circumstances, I love it live. You know, the first time I saw it in, in, in Boston, I loved it. Um, but, but I think it's one of those shows that you, you can't disrespect. I, you know, there are a lot like that. 
Jesus Christ Superstar, and, and there are a bunch of them where if you phone it in, the audience will accept it. But it's not great unless you really, really treat it with respect and really take it seriously. This is such a director answer. I love it. It's, it's a, yeah, it is. It's the, I, I've watched the, you know, I'm the director here. I know what's happening and this group isn't giving it today. And that's like, or just, you know, they might not care. I, I found the parallels and I mean, you can see behind me here, but I have a lot, I'm much, very, very much more into sports than I am theater. And it's like the NBA, which is a lot of what I watch basketball. The players sometimes get criticized for mailing in regular season games it's like, you know, you're going to spend a lot of money to go watch them play. And it's like they kind of give half effort, but you're still watching the best players in the world do something that you have zero chance of doing. I can't think. <laughs> and so I, it's like it feels like kind of that same thing you're saying, like, look, I know what great looks like. I know that this is still incredibly good performing and a crazy show and great lyrics and everything. But I know that you're just kind of like you're on tour. You're just kind of you're just kind of giving it today just because you have to be out there. Well, and I think, and, and maybe it's a, the nature of the beast, but I think most commercial musical theater doesn't take the, the time or effort to, to understand and respect the work. Um, you know, we've done a lot of shows that were disasters on Broadway, like disasters, uh, Crybaby, High Fidelity, stuff like that, that get nothing but raised reviews when we do them. Because we don't try to make them funny. We don't try to give them spectacle for the tourists. You know, we just like take the story and tell the story seriously. And then it's a great show. And, and it drives me crazy because there are a lot of people in commercial theater who are like, how can we thrill the audience instead of what is this story we're going to tell? And how do we tell it well? Told, I mean, well, I guess that becomes an interesting piece. And I, I can probably say more than most people because I'm not in the industry. But like, is that the business of it, of the, like, you kind of have to play to the, the tourists a little bit to keep the ticket sales coming in. And if not, they, you know, I've seen a couple things that I had wanted to see even before I moved to New York that didn't make it through previews or didn't make it there that I was really interested in seeing. And clearly I was the minority. Yeah. Well, and yeah, cause so much of the audience is tourists now and, you know, you pay $700 for an orchestra seat. Like that's. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, um, I remember a few years ago, saw uh, Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson on Broadway. And it's this really like aggressive, confrontational, crazy show. And I sat there enjoying it immensely and thinking, these tourists hate this. <laughs> and sure enough, it closed really fast. And then we got to do it and we had a blast with it, you know. But, but it's like, it is about families and tourists you know, what do they want to see and what do the producers think they want to see? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I do think I'm like, I always use my, me or my, I would say my dad, my mom's much more into musical theater um, as a bar of like, would they enjoy this? Yeah. And, and same for me. I now know a lot more than I used to. Um, and now I live in New York. So it's a little, a lot easier to go to see a lot of stuff um, on random times and a little bit easier to get tickets. Right. But I'm not. I'm not knowledgeable. I ask a lot of my friends who are now who work in theater and people I saw, you know, today I, I was with somebody and that is in theater, works in theater. And I was like, they talked about something that was a little bit more offbeat. And I'm like, would I enjoy that? And I'm like, take that eyes of like, Hey, know that I don't go to everything. I don't go to all the shows. Like, you know, a lot of, a lot of um, my friends do now. And I'm like, which one would I be entertained by? Which one would I? And so I do think that there is a lens of like, it has to be a little bit that way because 
the New Yorkers can't all go every day, unfortunately. And so you do have to rely on the ticket sales from tourists and other, even I would say less like theater enthusiasts is probably the better term for it. Someone who's just going to a show or two a year. Yeah. I mean, I would say two things. One is audiences don't only like what's safe and familiar. Audiences love what's great, you know? Yep. And, and so you can challenge them and surprise them and still be awesome and still be a hit, you know? Um, and the other thing, I, I, have to, I have to throw in a little self-plug, if you don't mind. Uh, Please. One of my books totally addresses you. It's called The ABCs of Broadway Musicals, and it's this small format, like, overview of the entire art form. Like, who are the important people? What are the important genres? You know, what good videos to check out? Here are some documentaries. Just to kind of give you an overview of, of the art form. I, I love it. I will I will check it out, but I also am hesitant to check it out because I really like the fact that the only thing I know about theater is the story of cats. It's cats. And I know one I know one thing better than ninety nine percent of the world, and I don't know anything about the rest. Yes. And it's a it's a it's a nice, pleasant world to live in, you know. I, I can, yeah. I'm a, I'm I'm a little ignorant in the sense like now jokingly that I can kind of just live in my little bubble here and only think about cats and the rest of stuff. But I do appreciate the, I mean, you're doing a lot of work for the people, like for everyone who wants to learn about it and needs to learn about it. And I think I really, more than just the me's, there's also the the people that are, you know, students who are getting into it. Like, what do they need to know if they were, if they're entering this world and weren't involved in it as a super fan growing up? Yeah. I, I really, I think a lot about me as a high school musical theater kid you know, and what, what would thrill me, what would make me happy. Um, and also this, this ABC's book, partly it's for, you know, parents of theater majors and, you know, grandmas of somebody who does musicals all the time, you know, or a spouse of somebody who does musicals all the time, you know, just kind of get a little bit of glimpse into that world. Uh, yeah, I, I love it. I was not ever in theater growing up. I played travel hockey, so I was always on the road playing hockey. So it was like the one time I don't even remember what it was or what I did, but I was a non-speaking like tree, essentially a tree, you know, type of thing. It's like, don't give him a line. He's not going to yeah. be in any rehearsals. I was like in yeah. second or third grade type of thing. That's awesome. So it's, it is fun that, you know, there's the, there's different populations of the world that are going to like, I am now here years later still doing this type of stuff, which is fun that everyone can enter and experience whatever point in their life that they find and whatever brings them to it. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back for more of The Wrong Cat Died. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work, limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
So let's go into my rapid fire about the musical for you. Um, I do want to ask a couple about the play, about the musical. So if you got to be in it, which character, which cat would you want to be? Oh, what a good question. Uh, Gus. Gus. Okay. So you want to, you want to give the big. Okay. This is, this is good for my final question. Cause I think Gus is the most common non Grizabella answer we're going to get into. I'm sure. Oh, is Um, it? Oh yeah, Gus. We'll, we'll we'll get there. Let's let's keep going right. with the rapid fire though. What right. is um? Who is your favorite character and least favorite character in the musical? Uh, I think favorite is Rum Tum Tugger. Super fun. Uh, okay. This this you're gonna laugh at this. The the character I, I like the least. I'm not even sure if she has a character name. I think she does. It's the all white hat, like the all white arena cat. Oh, is that it? Yes, Victoria. yes, yeah. yeah. There's something. Yeah, I don't. I don't. She she can go away. Okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna we're gonna pause the rapid fire because then we're gonna talk about the new movie, which I know you said you saw. Yeah. They made her the vehicle for the new movie. Right, it was the storyteller of it. Right. What were you, what was your take on the new movie? Uh, well, the first thing is I think it works if you're really stoned. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because uh, it, it's it's so like freakishly surreal and like inconsistently freakishly surreal um so i did watch it really stoned um and i kind of loved it i kind of loved the the craziness of it like it was just crazy um and and, you know like i'm already you know i already like the music and all that um i found it like super creepy but but like kind of in a good way Yeah, uh, I can't okay. imagine watching it straight. I can't imagine watching it in a movie theater. I was in a press viewing again, <laughs> sober. I had just, I had just recorded, I just recorded an episode. I walked straight from the studio to the theater um, with my producer, and we went, and it was a filled theater. And I knew we were in trouble when it was a press viewing later on, like not the opening press one, but it was basically press and people that knew people in the show. So it's like, it should be a favorable audience. Right. And 10 minutes in people were laughing at the, like directly at the theater and not at funny parts. And that was when I was like, this is going to be an run when it goes live to the public, because if this group is laughing and struggling, the, like the world is not ready for it. Well, and, and my reaction, you know, on my couch with my actual cats watching, um, you know, I just kept going, oh shit, oh shit, but like, you know, like in a fun way. I I think your experience is where it has to go to have another life, which is Rocky Horror-ish. Yeah. Like yes, yes. Don't and yep. yeah, go see it with a bunch of people that want to see it for that reason. Yes, yes. That's, I'm, I'm pushing for it. We got to give it a little bit of time though. It needs, it needs to breathe a little yeah. bit before because everyone's uh, disassociated themselves from the movie. Yeah, everybody, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Everything was so awful, and like I, even you know, not stoned. I don't think it's awful. I think it's like kind of terribly misguided. Maybe there were. It was. I thought it was poorly edited. Honestly, it was my biggest yeah. take of the whole thing. And I think there were some choice, some interesting decisions. There were some. I thought some really smart decisions, and then a couple interesting decisions. And all in all, it's. It was. It was just. There's too there's too much to go into. I have a whole episode. I, I did a very like right after I watched it recording the next day where I broke down a lot of this stuff. And I've heard more behind the scenes now as it's come from other people that were loosely involved or talked to people that are involved. And 
I I think there were I think there were a lot of errors in the overall piece and it got rushed out and you know that a lot of people think it's actually the reason that the pandemic started is you know the the world turned the minute the cats movie was released. Wow. And so yeah, that that's some of the takes I've I've seen on the internet. Nice. Um okay, what what was your favorite song from the musical? Well, I really do like Memory. It's a beautiful song. I, I, I think my favorite song is probably Skimbleshanks. Skimble, yeah, it's a, it's a unique, um, it's just a unique song. It's just very different, very upbeat. I love explaining to people that it's in 13. Yeah. Yeah, you count it one two three one two three one two three one two one two one two three one two three one two three one two one two, and that's like that's really cool. And it's it, definitely and it, different. It gives you this sense of of railroad you know of movement of of energy i really like it yeah yeah and it's a fun one to watch too they build an all it's like a very unique piece of the the, the show um and you know i which, have to say i think i think my favorite lyric is buster for jones <laughs> it's just really? a funny lyric okay. it's just such a funny lyric it's a very human <sighs> lyric his song if you read it depends on how you read it but it talks about going to gentlemen's clubs a lot and it talks about going to essentially if you depending on how you interpret it the way i interpreted it was you've got a really rich guy i think seems like backing the mob of mccavity and is going to his gentlemen's clubs yeah and and living his best life as the the kind of slobby big fat bachelor and so i i found that one to be like again it's a pretty dark premise but i was like sitting there going this is i've got Demeter potentially being abused. I've got one cat that's now funding a crime mafia and doing it out of a strip club. I, I that was where I was like, this show, this show goes into a whole lot of layers I wasn't expecting. Well, and that's that's what I love about the poems that you know they are about cat behavior a lot, but they're totally about human personalities. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's and I think that's why it's relatable to a lot of people is that you can see, yeah. hopefully not with like some of the crazy pieces of it, but you can relate to parts of almost all of them, but in a, in a character that's, you know, a cat, it's non-binary. It's just, it's not a, it's not male, female. It's just, it's a cat. And so I, I think that that's a, an interesting part of this for sure. And, you know, with the book, the, the second piece that I wrote was Razzle Jazzy um, based on Grisabella. And it, it was because of the emotion of it. Like, you know, I, I I feel so bad for Grisabella, the poor thing, you know, because she was glamorous once upon a time. And and it was so exactly parallel to these women who are, you know, gorgeous chorus girls and they get parts all the time and they get older and older and then they play the mother and they get older and older. And they still want to hold on to that young, you know, I'm beautiful, I'm a, a great dancer, et cetera, et cetera. But they're, you know, 40, 50 years older than that now, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's, it's real human and it's real sad. And I, I just saw this obvious parallel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the redemption story of her coming back and well, we'll, we'll get there. I want one more, one more rapid fire question. Then we'll right. go to, to, to bake Grisabella here. Right. Um, which cat do you think would be the best author? Huh? Uh, what, uh, which cat sings the Gumby song about Jenny? Jenny Does um, she sing her own? She sings some of it. I don't know who kicks it off though. It's one of probably one of the younger females. Because I always feel like that's like one of the great story songs in the show. Yeah, that yeah, was like that was so, who I thought. You could so imagine the story she's telling, you know? 
Yeah, I, I my answer to this question while I was thinking about it was Jenny Any Dots. I could see her writing an, an interesting like it's like um almost like the the children's stories. Like she's yeah. writing my children's stories for me. Yeah, yeah. She she has a voice. She has a narrator voice that's really interesting. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's dive in now. We've kind of teased this a couple times. Um, my whole show is about. I don't think Grizabella should be the Jellicle choice. And so it sounds like you think she should be, but I want to know if you're, you know, if you're old Deuteronomy and you're picking at the ball, who are you selecting and why? And if it's Grizabella, I don't want to hear your defense for her. And if it's somebody else, I want to hear your defense for them. Well, you know, I've always just assumed it should be Grizabella. Um, and I think it's entirely out of pity. I mean, I don't think it goes beyond that. It's a poor thing, you know? It's a, um, yeah, it's a, redemption, it's a redemption story. The arc is a... I, a I guess the question and... is, what? what's the point? Why do they go to the heavyside lair? Like, you know, do any of the other cats need that? I don't know. Well, that So that's a great question. I think there's a couple questions. There's a lot of unanswered questions. I'm now way many, way more episodes into this than I've ever, ever thought <laughs> I would think about this. But I think the number one question is, what is Old Deuteronomy's decision-making criteria? Yes, yes, yes. Because that is the root of this, because we only get one ball. You have one ball. I don't have the year before, the year after. I don't know how this is graded, per se. And I think you bring up a good point, which I actually thought a lot about, which is, what is being the choice mean? I kind of always assumed it was, you deserve and you get to start your next life. But I think that that's an interesting piece of like maybe that's not actually it. Maybe it's oh, so in other words, you like you've you've done a great job with this life. Now you graduate, yeah. which is again, which is why most of the time a Gus or a Grisabella or some one of the older cats is the ones that are thought of for this. I do think that that goes back to my original joke has always been I think it's uh, Tugger and Mustafuis because I voted on based on the performances I thought I, I treated it like a singing competition and I right. thought, forget age forget everything else which ones were I entertained by the most and it were right. those guys right and so, so, so that, you see it more as reward I do yeah which is yeah. funny when you think about it, it's also being potentially murdered like it's like which one are you going to kill right right but it's a I I looked at it as a as a reward I think it is a positive thing to be the choice. Okay, see, I've never considered that. It, to me, it's always been, you know, who's who's ready to die. Ah, uh, okay. So I we're taking this a different route. So you basically are thinking like Grizabelle's life is so miserable, we got to put her out of her misery. <laughs> or or not even gonna... that. Not even that. It's her time. It's time. Okay. So that would be the same argument for Gus then. Would be yes. The yes. there is okay. It's like and, you she, know, as, assuming yeah. the nine lives thing. <laughs> so yeah. So in your in your version of your thought of this, are they coming back to a next life? Are they coming back to a new yes. life, or are they? Yeah. Dead? The heavy side layer is the next step. Okay. Okay. So then, in that scenario, I do think you have your two choices are Gus or Grisabella. Yeah. Yeah. To, to me, it was always. Grizabella is so near death. You know, she's so fragile, so crumbling that that it's her time to die. It's not anybody else's time yet. And so she will go to the heavy side layer and everybody's like, yay, because she gets a new life now. So I I agree. I agree and I disagree with that because if you watch the 1998 movie, Gus is Sir John Mills okay. and he's blind by the time i read this later he is blind when he's doing that performance which is why they would walk him out he is as frail as you can be watching him do that if you go back to the 1998 movie and you watch it 
he looks like he's on his last leg. And so it's like, I get the Grizz Bell, like, but then you see a little bit of younger Grizz Bell belt out her song. Like it's, if you watch that movie, I'm like, that's Gus is the one that looks like they're about to croak. See, but Gus for is me, the one that I need it. between Grizzabella and Gus, Grizzabella gets a better song, the more emotional song. And so <laughs> that's who I want to go to the heavy side layer. Of course, you know, you belt out memory. You got to be the selection. But it's um, such an emotional song too, you know? I have always kind of thought, the more I've thought about this a lot for the Grizzabella argument, my, my whole thing was a joke to start, but <laughs> if, if she is being brought back to the tribe and they're reaccepting her and it's really redemption, why can't she stay? Why can't she be next year's choice and get a year back with her family? So my argument would be, Dow. my argument would be only old Deuteronomy knows this, but it is her time. Yeah. Well, that's no fun. <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem here is that that's just no fun. Um, but I, I, I have made, I've made the Grisbell argument. I, I get it. I'm, you know, I 40 plus years of, a positive, you know, uh, outcome of people coming to see this show. Like we don't need to change it every day, but I no, do but think I, that I, there's I, some arguments here. I agree with you about Gus though. He, he would be the obvious other choice. Yeah. Gus is the most common I've heard. I've had some fun ones because I do think the criteria is, is what it boils down to. I loved um, one person made a joke that they thought is who is the biggest strain on the tribe. And that was <laughs> in their opinion uh, was Buster for Jones. So it was like, so he needs to get out, which I thought was fun. I've, I've heard so some like for voting off the Island. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like who's, who's the strain on the tribe and let's get him out. And that, like that argument would also be McCavity. Like there's your, your right. villain. Let's like get rid of our villain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other I've, I've had and there's some, you know, it's, it's, there's there's not a right or wrong well there's yeah. probably a right version because Andrew Lloyd Webber and you yeah. know uh, um, Chrissy and everyone who's who created the show made a decision and I'm now critiquing it forty <laughs> years later but um, but it's been it's been fun I do think it's kind of like the beauty of the show is you get to to see all those different personalities and hear how they kind of come up with stuff so and and um, everybody's life experience is going to interact differently with all those personalities which exactly. is fun exactly well i have had a blast um talking to you about this and also you know getting to to read your book and kind of go through all that what um i would love to know like how can we direct people to the other stuff you've written the other stuff you've worked on i know we'll i'll throw a link in the description to all, all of your books and how to kind of grab them yeah um yeah i've got an amazon author page so they're all there um uh, both serious books and silly books, uh, and uh, and yeah, I, I would encourage folks to come uh, check out New Line Theater, uh, the company that I run. I also uh, keep a blog about our work at New Line and also uh, about the art form. Uh, it's called the Bad Boy of Musical Theater. <laughs> Love it. Well, we'll link that as well, so you can you know, in the description go and and keep up. And yeah, if you're in St. Louis or the Midwest, um, go check out New Line Theater. And, and I have to say, in a couple of weeks, we're about to open Head Over Heels, which is just the most wonderful show. Amazing. Well, yeah. hopefully this is, depending on when this releases um, and when this airs, hopefully people still have time to go see it. But thank you cool. so much for being a guest. I yeah. appreciate it. Thanks, man. And thanks, everyone else, for listening to this episode of The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cat catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wrong Cat Died, or check out our website, TheWrongCatDied.com.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.